Okay, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. This is, uh, there's been a room change, so just to let you know that this is the panel on relationships with others, steps eight and nine. So if this is what you're looking for, this is the right room. And we want to welcome you to the 2011 Region 2 Convention. My name is Sabrina, and I'm a compulsive overeater and the moderator for this session. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Um, Please help us preserve our cherished tradition of anonymity by refraining from taking pictures in this or any other meeting room. Will everyone who cares to please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, the title, again, of this panel is Relationships with Others, Steps 8 and 9. The format for this session is a reading from our literature, three speakers, and questions from the Ask It basket. As the speakers are sharing, we will pass around a basket with paper and pencils for you to write any questions you may have. Please specify if you are directing your question to a specific speaker. Please be sure to keep the basket moving, even if you have already passed it. As speakers continue to share, members may think of questions that they did not have when the basket was first passed by. May I have a volunteer to read the uh, to, to read a selection from page 67 and 68 of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Michelle, can we borrow your book? Justin, compulsive reader. Step eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. In our days of out-of-control eating, most of us were so obsessed with food, we had little time to develop or nurture effective relationships with other people. When we were eating compulsively, we may not have fully realized how we had isolated ourselves. We may, we may have felt that once the food problem was solved, everything in our lives would be satisfactory. When we did stop eating compulsively, however, we usually found that our defective ways of dealing with others were a source of pain for us. In many cases, this pain was so great, we were, we were tempted to eat again rather than to face it. What's the use of abstaining if I'm just going to hurt? We asked. If this is recovery, I don't want it. Clearly, if we were going to, re to remain abstinent and find serenity, we had to learn better ways of dealing with other people, ways that would bring us joy instead of pain. Step 8 is designed to help us with this process. In Step 8, we look at our relationships for the purpose of discovering those patterns which have done harm to us and others. Here we, here we meet guilt head-on and get rid of it. Here we learn about the healing power of forgiveness as we discover how to forgive ourselves and others. Most important, most important, we begin here to become willing to make amends, that is, to make changes, in the way we deal with the people who share our lives. Keep going on through. Thank 
Thank you, Justin. Um, it says here, clearly, if we are going to remain abstinent and find serenity, we had better, we had to learn better ways of dealing with other people, ways that would bring us joy instead of pain. We look at our relationships for the purpose of discovering those patterns which have done harm to us and others. I think you just read this, but anyways, here we meet guilt head on and get rid of it. Here we learn about the healing power of forgiveness as we discover how to forgive ourselves and others. Good to hear it again. More important, we begin here to become willing to make amends, that is to make changes, in the way we deal with people who share our lives. So our first speaker is Bonnie B. from Long Beach. She will speak for 12 minutes. Hello, I'm Bonnie B. Compulsive Reader. And um, if you weren't here last night, I want to just uh, reiterate what I said then. I've been in program since January 24th, 1971, and I've been abstinent for 20 years and 11, 10 months. So there was 18 and a half years when I was coming to program and I wasn't abstinent. I, uh, if I learned a lot, I grew a lot, I met a lot of people, I got a lot of support. If I want relief, I go to the meetings and I go to the tools. If I want recovery, I get abstinent and I work the steps. Also, when I became abstinent, it was a Tuesday night. It was not my birthday. It was not a Monday morning. It was not the beginning of the month. It was not Rosh Hashanah, and it was not New Year's. It was just that's when I got abstinent. So um, I can tell you being abstinent is way better than not being abstinent, especially going to meetings. Um, my lowest weight is about 50 pounds down from my highest weight, and I think that's what all my introduction. I... Um, when they said, uh, let's talk about relationships with others, I'm like, okay, I'm your man. And I uh, didn't realize it would be talking about steps eight and nine. And eight and nine to me are steps that we do once, and I, they're not um, maintenance steps. And I believe that we do four and five and um, find out our character defects in six and seven and make a list from our steps four and five with our sponsor and then we make amends. The difficult part about making amends for me was, number one, coming up with money, with cash, because I had some cash amends to make, and not saying, but. I was rude to you, but you were an asshole. You know, and I, I need to keep it, um, I, when I apologize, even now when I make amends, I cannot say, but. But you cut me off but you took my money, but you were not nice to my kids. I can't say that. When I apologize, I have to keep it all about me. I'm sorry I was rude. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I acted inappropriately. And um, that's pretty much all I have to say about 8 and 9. Also, um, I'll say more about 8 and 9. Um, that is very freeing. And that I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that the steps are in order for a reason. And I've heard uh, recently of people coming in and they're like, well, I'm going to do my eighth and ninth step right now because I, I, I really feel like I want to get, get on with it. Well, please, um, start with one, work through four and five to eight and nine, and don't do 12 until you've done one through 11, please. That being said, the founders of AA worked their steps within the first few days. So if you, want, if you want to do your steps, please do. But 
for my sake, please don't go around telling everybody about OA until you've done 1 through 11. I do want to talk about, um, oh, when it comes to relationships with others, I'm pretty much the person you want to be. I was raised in a family that was functional, not perfect, but functional. I was given unconditional love from the day I was born, and I knew it. I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I hated my parents, and I knew every single minute of every single day that they loved me. Also, I'm one of these people that was born gregarious, and I go places by myself, and I'm fine. I go to parties by myself, and I make a friend. I um, get along with people. I eat lunch with all the people at work. And, um, yes, I still gossip. That's one of my worst character defects. And um, we'll all be gossiping, and, and they'll say, oh, so-and-so is horrible. And I'm like, oh, I like them. And they're like, yeah, but you like everybody. And um, I think that's just a natural gift that I was given when I was born. I um, went to live overseas recently, and when I went, I made a decision, a conscious decision, that I was not going to let fear get in the way of anything. So if I didn't want to do something, I was allowed not to do it. But if I was afraid to do something, that was no reason for not doing it. And what I would do is think of the worst thing that could happen. They'll think I'm stupid. They'll think I'm an idiot. They'll think I'm, you know, they'll make fun of me. They won't like me. And the worst thing that would happen was I would be afraid. And I decided I made a conscious decision not to be afraid. Um, when it comes to dealing with other people, I have this pamphlet. This is OA approved, Overeaters Anonymous World Service Office. Um, and this is like my Bible. And I used to read it every day, and I pretty much read it, know it now. And if you've ever heard me speak, you know I always go to this because I forget to talk about everything else. And it helps me with other people because, number one, I have to be honest all the time. And that's my goal is to be honest all the time. And when I say, you know, I hit every red light going down the street, well, it's not true. I hit most of the red lights. I mean, it's, it's that concise. And it's like he never answers my phone calls. Well, he only doesn't answer them usually. You know, and I really need to be honest, and I need to be honest with you. I'm not going to the movie because I don't feel like going to the movie, not because I have something else to do. So I think in relationships with others, that is key. And also, I'm known for, but I think it's, I, you know, it's just the only way I know how to be is to be upfront and open. And I have no secrets. I mean, I've been in OA for 40 years. You know my secrets. And I know that other people eat cake out of the trash. And I know that other people um, go buy fast food and buy three drinks so that they'll think you're getting enough for a few people. And I, I know all the secrets. And I don't have any. Once I did my eighth and ninth step, there's nothing that I can't tell you that's as horrible as anything. I've never killed anybody. I've had bad days. Um, you know, I've put my children in danger in the car. And I've been inappropriate with my kids, but I do the best I can. Anyway, for this, um, just for today book, when it comes to getting, and you're going to give me a two-minute warning, right? When it comes to getting along with other people, um, it says, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I'll do somebody a good turn and not get found out. For my 10th step every night, I do a gratitude list and a kindness list. And I'm at the point where I don't like to do 10th steps, so I pretty much back away from getting into from opening my mouth when I shouldn't, mostly. 
and I pretty much back away from being rude, mostly. But when I do my, I do my gratitude list, and I'll, that's easy. You know, I have a lot of things to be grateful for, but I write down two places during the day where I was kind, and that is really difficult. And if I think you're a jerk and I don't tell you that, that's not being kind. So trying to find places to be kind helps me to get along with other people. And it says um, I will do somebody a good turn and not get found out. That is a lot of fun. But when the people that I work with don't refill the copier or they leave paper all over the bathroom and I think they're swabs or inconsiderate, what I do is I can refill the copier and that's a kindness that nobody knows about. Or I can clean up the bathroom and instead of being resentful about it, I have my opportunity to be kind. And um, what I sort of do too, and, and this is not, I, I, I don't mean to be tooting my own horn, I'm just telling you that it's really fun to be kind. Um, I gave away my, um, my wedding ring to a waitress, I wasn't married anymore. And I had my ring on, it was like a row of diamonds, and she's like, oh, that's really pretty. I'm like, okay, you can have it, because I'm not married anymore, and it doesn't mean anything to me. And um, I bought dinner for people, like this old couple was sitting next to us, and I just paid for their dinner, and we left before they knew. I paid for people's um, postage at the post office. And to tell you the truth, looking for those things and doing those things is really fun. And it puts me in a good mood so I can be nice to other people. On the 10th step, I think it's on page 84 or 86 in the book, I knew that the 10th step, you know, we immediately go and write down what uh, our part is. But then it says right after that, we go and do something nice for somebody else. And I didn't even know that until a couple months ago. After all these years, the 10th step says we also go do something nice for somebody else. Two minutes? Okay. Um, what I want to talk about is I had a class and I found the way to be happy and joyous in my relationships and in my life. And I've shared this at meetings and it offends some people and if it offends you, just ignore me. And it's a little bit um, not nice, but if you don't like that, fine. And when I talk about it, I want to say that, um, well, the way for me to be joyous in my relationships and in my life is to get over it. And the way to get over it is to work through the steps. And getting over it is another way of saying let it go. Now, if somebody recently died, you, I need to go through the steps of, of mourning. If somebody pissed me off, I need to go through the steps. But to hang on to something that somebody did years ago doesn't hurt them. It only hurts me. And um, you can say let it go, let go and let God, but for me it's just like get over it. And um, I'm not going to be reckless and send my daughter to stay, stay with my um, uncle who's guilty of incest. But for me to hang on to anger and resentment and wish for vengeance doesn't help me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Our second speaker is Gail P. from the San Fernando Valley, who will speak for 12 minutes. Hello, I'm Gail. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a 100-pounder. Hello. Thank you, Bonnie. It was wonderful hearing you. Um, I have pictures. Should I pass them? Because I don't know if we're passing or not. 
I'll put it right here, okay? Thank you very much. Okay. So, I want to qualify. I came into OA at 265 pounds, February 20th, 1989, and my first day of abstinence was February 21st, 1989. I'm not a relapser, so I have 22 and almost a half years of abstinence, and I'm down around 125 pounds, which I maintain, um, through menopause, which was a hard, was very difficult, but I'm here, I did it, so anyway, with God's help, thank God. Um, anyway, I want to talk, so we're talking about steps eight and nine. My favorite steps are five, six and se- six and seven, but I'll talk on eight and nine. Um, my first four step, which I agree with, I, um, my first four step was quite lengthy. It was 136 pages, and from that, I um, got my amends list together, which was quite lengthy because my fourth step was quite lengthy. Uh, I did six and seven right after four and five, and then I went into eight and nine. And I found it to be a really lovely experience. I had a lot of amends to make. I was so resentful of everybody, especially if they had a good life and I didn't. So um, when I was eating, because when I was 265 pounds, I was single, my career was the only thing that was um, working. The rest of my relationships were, were really bad. I had no relationship with any of my family at all. Not, not one human being in my family did I speak with ever, ever, ever. And that's not true today. I'm really close with my family now. So anyway, so, um, so I made my list 20, this is 21 years ago. I made my list and I just went down it and apologized to people for, you know, I never, because I'm only supposed to talk about myself and not what they did or anything else, kept my mouth shut, just said I'm really sorry for my behavior because it was always my behavior. I think I never stole anything that I had apologized for, but I just, it was just my behavior. I was mean usually, just mean all the time. So that's what I, what I apologized for. I have to say, I still do that sometimes. I still have to owe apologies. I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still seeing myself do that where if I want to tell my truth, I get really dramatic and I get, I want to get, you know, and I have to apologize afterwards every time. So I still do that. I sometimes write about it and sometimes read to my sponsor. When I write about it, it's a serious thing and I always read to my sponsor. But what I wanted to talk about today, which um, is, is, uh, because we're talking about making amends, I want, I want to talk, I want to be different, so I'm going to talk about receiving an amends, which, take, which is a whole new, um, a whole new, uh, what do you call it, a whole new set of, pro, set of, set of um, whatever, opportunities. Um, I know for myself when I'm wronged, in the past especially, I've made up, not made up, but I, I make a story of it, you know, there's a whole story of somebody wrongs, wrongs me, and I, now I've learned I do not gossip and tell other people about it, but I have, you know, but there's a story. They wronged me and they never apologize and blah, 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 you know, and I could, I just keep your distance if you're going to wrong me and not apologize or not correct it. So I want to talk about a specific experience because I had to work a lot of my, st- I had a lot to do a lot of step work to um, forgive this person, to, to actually accept an amends. I thought that was really more important because it's easy to say I'm sorry and then keep doing what I want. It's harder for me to say I accept your apology and move on. So anyway, it doesn't happen that often, but I've gotten an apology. My husband and I have been married for almost 10 years. We've been together 13 years. His ex-wife is alive and well, and um, she drinks a bit, and she's in the past caused, tried to cause a lot of trouble for, our, for us by telling lies and, um, to other people. 
and it's caused a lot of trouble in our family. Not with us so much because we know that they're lies, but some people have believed her, and that's not my business, but that does happen. So we've been estranged for a few people in his family because they believe her lies. And we've asked her to please tell the truth to them, and she said, no, I'm not going to do that because I want you to have a bad relationship with these people. I don't want you to have good relationships. I don't wish you well. That's what she would tell us over the years. So anyway, and we just stayed away from her, and we're nice. He has three kids, and we have grandkids and the whole thing. So. Come November, we're at his aunt's 99th birthday party, which was at my stepdaughter's. We go to, when we wanted to have Switzerland, we'd go to my stepdaughter's. It was all neutral, right? So we had the birthday party at my stepdaughter's house. And the ex-wife came up to us. She said, can I speak with both of you? And we went, she asked us to go step in the kitchen, so which we did. And she said, now this is after 13 years of hell with her. We, um, she, we, stepped in, we stepped in the kitchen. She said, I want to apologize for my behavior, and I promise to never do it again. Now, she apologized, has apologized a million times, but she's never, she's kept repeating her behavior. She would apologize and kept repeating the behavior, so we couldn't trust her or accept her apology because she never said she would, she never said she wouldn't do it again. But she never also made it right ever, you know, which is not my business also. So I decided, my husband stayed quiet. He's a quiet man, and I'm not quiet. I decided to accept her apology and thank her for her apology, knowing I could keep one eye open, but I have to stop the story, the story of what she's done to us, how she's wronged us in the past. I had to stop the story, you know, and we want to create another story because we have five grandkids, and we'd like this story to be a nicer one than it's been in the past. So I sat there in the kitchen in my head doing six and seven, my pride, my anger at her, my resentment at her, I had to sit there in the kitchen and ask God to remove in that second. That second. I didn't have, I had time if I wanted to have time, but I decided not to have time. I, so I sat there and did all that. I asked God to remove my, everything and just accept her apology, and that's it. And that's what I did. My husband says, stay quiet. And um, for me, that was really working my program because... It's just so much, it's been so much easier in the past to have this long story about her, you know. And um, so what's been happening, we actually had the holidays when she was around. We have not done in 13 years that we've not done the holidays with her, with his kids because she's there. And we just don't want the trouble because she would drink, drink more than I think would be necessary. You know, four bottles of wine is a lot of wine. And, um, and she would be inappropriate, and we just were uncomfortable, so we stayed away. So we decided to try it for the holidays, and we went in Christmas time. I'm Jewish, but we went Christmas time to there because they're, they're Christian. Um, and um, we had a lovely time. We were all loving towards each other. We've had, um, we went to their house for the first time in 13 years for Easter. Easter. I, well, my parents are rolling over in their grave right now, I have to tell you this. But they, um, you know, we went over there for Easter. Easter. And... Um, it was just lovely, you know. She made food I could eat because I, I, by the way, I stick to my food plan no matter what. Um, she made food. I, and it was very, just a lovely, lovely time. Uh, we've seen her a few times at different family occasions. We've had two grandkids since the amends, well, almost since the We've had one grand, grandson since the amends. We were all at the hospital. And we had one granddaughter just before her amends, which we all get to see and enjoy. We get to go to all the grandsons' birthday parties. We used to have, to have two different birthday parties, you know. So now we get to all have them together, and they're wonderful. And it's just a really an interesting situation, you know, where I get to 
just be loving. Go, this is not who I am. This is not who I was brought up to be. I was brought up to be somebody who's not that love, you know, not not so loving when somebody wrongs me. So anyway, so that was my experience with this one. And I want to talk. How long do I have? We have uh, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes altogether. Okay. So um, so that was that. So anyway, so so far so good. It's like you know she wants to go on all, all of us go on a vacation together, which. I'm not ready for that one yet, and neither is my husband. But, um, you know, she wants a double date, which I, she's married, too, now. She got remarried. But anyway, we're not ready for that yet. But, you know, you never know in time. But at least we're able to be a civil family with, our, with everybody, with the grandkids, which they're, they're really happy about it. So anyway, and they don't know anything about it. They just knew that we just didn't do holidays together. So, okay, I wanted to talk really fast um, about my first amends that I ever made, which was to my body. I was sat, I had a condo in Studio City and I was single and I sat out by my pool when I was on step nine and this just came organically. I, ap I apologized, I had been abstinent maybe what, nine months by that time and I, um, I apologized to my body and I said I would never hurt it again and I haven't. I've never hurt it again. I've never compulsively overeaten again. I've never broken my abstinence. I've never abused myself, my body in any way. Um, and I, prob I just made, I kept, I've kept this promise for 20, you know, 20, over 22 years now. And that was really important to me. It wasn't an apology for anything else, just my body for holding up. I'm a, I'll be 60 in six months, seven months. And um, I'm in good shape now. You know, when you see my pictures, you'll see that I had so much stuff wrong with me. And so I really I want to apologize to my body again. I, I just really, I'm in such gratitude that my body works the way it does. And... I can't take that for granted because um, a lot of people don't recover from this disease, you know. They don't recover um, the physical. And it's really, it was important for me to be able to walk around and go do exercise. When I was 20, I weighed 240 pounds. So I wasn't even able to, do, to go to a gym then. And now I get to go walk in a gym and I'm not ashamed of myself. So I just want to say that it's really important. So um, that was making amends to myself. And as I said, all my amends, I have, I have stories about my amends that could just like give me, give me chills still. But I don't have time, unfortunately, to tell you about it. So if you want to hear about it afterwards, I'd be happy to talk to you. But this program works. I believe also in working the steps in order, because if I had to make an amends when I first came in, I would have probably jumped out of a building. You know, I couldn't have not done that at all. I could not, all I could do in my home, my only job was to stay abstinent. That was my only job when I started OA, stay abstinent. If I had to stay home under my covers, that was a successful day as long as I stayed abstinent. And it was, I was, I was the eating machine at 265 pounds. I ate a lot of calories, I bet you. I don't know how many, but a lot. And I, so I did my job well, you know, and then I got to go to step, you know, be abstinent, go to, and do the steps in order. I've done them a million times. I still do my step work. I still talk, call my sponsor, and we still talk. She has 47 years of abstinence. She has the longest in the whole world, I think, she, her abstinence is. So I listen to her wisdom, and she gets me through a lot of scrapes that I wouldn't know how to do without her. So anyway, thank you. I thank Barbara O oh for asking me to speak. I don't think she's in here, but and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Gail. And our third speaker is Michelle Kay from Sacramento, who will also speak for 12 minutes. Hi, I'm Michelle, compulsive overeater. Hi. Oh, I couldn't wait to hear that. Um, these are my these are my favorite steps to speak on, which is kind of a miracle after I tell you how how I got here. 
Um, and I did bring, you know, speaking 10 to 12 minutes on 8th and 9, I don't really like to speak that much. So usually when someone says you only have to speak 10 to 12 minutes, I think, woohoo. But um, 8, 8 and 9, it is hard to speak in 10 to 12 minutes. So I brought the books and just to say all, so I brought the uh, OA 12 and 12, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, AA's 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, and just to show you what they look like in case someone doesn't. Because these all three are really great on the eighth and the ninth steps. Um, so just to qualify really quickly, I've been um, coming to Overeaters Anonymous for 12 years, 10 months, so almost 13 years, and have um, been abstinent that amount of time. And like everybody says, imperfectly, and I mean imperfectly, but you know, but perfectly at the same time, because you know. Part of my disease was I was on the diet or off the diet. So um, the, that's pretty much a miracle that now I can be imperfect and not be off the diet. Um, I've maintained a 55-pound weight loss during that entire time, the whole 12 years. And that's a miracle. And that miracle is directly attributable to the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, that, that I can maintain anything have anything that looks like balance in my life is a miracle. Um, and um, since I, I was thinking since there's not much time, there's some things I just absolutely have to say. The other two speakers have said the first thing on the list, do steps one through seven first. I really, I swear I've seen people just dive right into steps eight and nine, and it just makes me cringe. I mean, um, it's just, you, you know, I, someone at one of my meetings, you know, she said she went and made amends to her coworkers because she goes to a noontime meeting. Well, I go to that noontime meeting, and I'm going to tell you, my coworkers are way better off than they used to be that I go to that noontime meeting. So anyway, just don't do steps one through seven. And the second thing is, for me, and this is all my, this is all about, this is my interpretation. Steps eight and nine, um, actually, those steps probably more than others. Everybody has different thoughts on those, but these are mine. But don't, for me, I could not do it alone. In fact, I could not do it with one sponsor. It took many sponsors to get me, to kick my butt to get going on it and um, to sort of run things by. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can do any step, any of the steps without a sponsor, but I certainly couldn't do steps eight and nine without a sponsor. Um, and then the, the third thing, the third most important thing that's, I mean, it's, they're not in order most important, but these are the three things that if I say nothing else, I want to say is don't deprive yourself of steps eight and nine. Just don't. I mean, I thought of it. I considered it of not doing steps eight and nine. I remember doing step four, and, you know, people say, well, why is it so hard? I say, because I don't want to do steps eight and nine. You well, thank God people say we're not on steps eight and nine. But I, thank God I didn't deprive myself of it. And there were a lot of reasons for me not to do it. Fear, pride. Uh, doing that balance sheet of I'm only 10% responsible and the other person is 90% responsible. There's there's all sorts of reasons not to do it. At least that's what the uh, area between my ears tells me. So that's that's those are, that's it. So if nothing else comes out, I'm good. Um, and the reason you'll now see why I said all those things because I don't know about you, but I came I came here to lose weight. I did not come here to make any amends. I never even realized amends was part of this program. The main thing I knew about this program is that it was free. Um, and I'd already spent enough money doing this. But, um, and so it took me a long time to get to state eight and nine. 
a year. I, I'm someone, you know, someone at the, at least at this point, um, I came into this program and I did was what I was told. That's pretty much my mo in my life. Um, you know, I'm a lawyer. I do things according to the rules, and that's been my life. I'll do it according to the rules. I may thank God. Thank God I had food to like soothe me when you have that kind of attitude. But um, so I came in here. I did it according to the rules. I got a sponsor. I started working those steps. And within a year of the program, I was on step eight, and I did step eight with that sponsor. Well, then that sponsor leaves the program, and my new sponsor wants me to start over on the steps. So I'm on step eight again. And then I start in another program, and so I start working the steps with that person. I'm on step eight again. Well, there was st I, somehow I managed to let it go for five years without doing steps eight and nine. Well, I did step eight multiple times, but let's put it this way. For five years, I was on step eight. And I was made, I weighed what I weigh today, and I had, I remember being at a retreat, and one of my closest friends in the program came up and she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing step eight again. And she, she said, God, I can't believe your recovery's so good and you haven't done step nine. You know, and I think that was a compliment, but for me it's like, oh, brother, I'm, you know, I'm a loser. Um, and so, and uh, so anyway, so it took me a really long time. So, it, you know. So finally, I, I get a sponsor in, in one of the other programs, but it didn't matter. I'd already done step eight with all these other sponsors. And this sponsor was one of, was a kick-ass sponsor. And, um, I mean, like, downright mean. <laughs> I'm so mean that it was not someone I needed because nobody can beat me up more than I can beat myself up. But she was one of those ones that said, okay, which step are you on? I go, I'm on step nine. Okay. We're going to meet every week. You're going to do one, make one amends a week. You're going to call me before you do it. You're going to call me afterwards, and then we're going to do it. And, th and that's, that's how we did it. Um, and that's what finally got me going on it. Um, so, um, so I want to just talk about each of the steps a little bit. So step eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends. For me, I got my list from my fourth step. And um, then I had one of my sponsors, she, always, she had me... Um, like look at the patterns, which is what we read here, and, and kind of go back and sort of update the four step, and then another sponsor, and then another sponsor, actually the kick-ass one, said, I want to put anybody on the list that if you ran into them on the street and you would cross the street, they better be on your list. So that was helpful too, that if it's someone I'm going to avoid, they should be on my list. Um, and then it talks about being, becoming willing to make amends to them all. And for me, like I said, that took a long time. A lot of sponsors had to help me. A lot of people had to help me. And um, and God, I oh my God, I prayed right before every single man. Oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I always have my chip in my pocket because then that reminds me that God's with me. So you can tell I need God, God with me right now too. Um, and so um, so that's that's what how I did. And I eventually the other thing about the eight step is I had to put my myself on that list first. I couldn't do it without it. Without loving myself, forgiving myself, making amends to myself, I could not make amends to other people. I could not, you know, feel the fear, the shame, embarrassment, and just do it anyway. Um, so I just wanted to talk about a couple of the amends that I made. Um, and I made a lot of, I made a lot of amends. And, um, you know, when you wait five years, you got a lot of, lot of amends, and you're 40 when you get here, you got some amends to make. But I just wanted to just talk, talk about two, and they were very, um, very different. And I hope, I really want to get a chance to talk about both of them. The first one I wanted to talk about is um, I worked at a law firm in San Francisco when I was a young, really young, um, 
because now I'm 54, so that was quite a while, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And, um, and I was a butthead. And, you know, I, I sort of prided myself on being a butthead. And, you know, secretaries kept leaving me. And, and I, I sort of thought, well, I'm like Murphy Brown. And, um, and, then, and then this office manager came to talk to me about what I was doing. And I stood in the lobby, and I just told her off. And I shook my finger at her, and I said, I got, you know, because I was hot. I was good, you know. Or, it, of course, deep down I knew I wasn't. And, you know, the other turn, I mean, the attitude of the office was, way to go, way to go. And then, but I, I felt bad forever over this. And I hadn't seen her for 25 years. And so I met with my two sponsors. And one sponsor has the view that if you cause the harm in person, you make amends in person. And the other sponsor said, you know, you haven't even seen her. You don't know her. She's not a friend. Send her a letter. Well, the first thing was, was I couldn't find her. I didn't know where she was. Well, the others, you know, I had to pay 10 bucks to do one of those public information searches. And so the, the kick-ass sponsor says, pay the 10 bucks. So I found her. I was thought I could get out of it by not finding her. The, then the other sponsor said, well, no, you know, you got to make amends in person. I go, that just doesn't seem right. So I called a friend of mine, and I said, you know, what do I do? I got one sponsor saying show up at her door, and she does, you know, I'd freak her out. And the other one said write a letter. And this friend said to me, she goes, Michelle, You've done the footwork, and now it's between you and God. I immediately went home and picked up the telephone and called her. I just knew that's how I had to do it. And that's what I mean. I had to do make amends to myself. I had to be the point where I could trust and love myself when I do this step, because it really is between me and God. And I called her up, and she remembered me. She said she didn't remember what I did. And after I told her, she kept saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Um, and honestly, sometimes when I make amends, I tell them I'm in OA, and sometimes I don't. It depends on am I being useful to other people or, or why. And Okay, I only have two minutes, so I'm not going to go into that. Anyway, she told me, she said, I can't tell you how much this means to me. My husband just, I was, my husband just died when we were on a trip to Italy, and I've had a very hard time right now and I just can't tell you how much this means to me and so I then got when I got off the phone I took my dog for a walk and I said to myself thank God I didn't deprive myself of the ninth step because it really took me a long time the other amends I wanted to talk to was amends I made to my ex-husband and this is the one about the balance sheet he was 90% responsible and I was 10% responsible and this one really took a long time because we were going through a divorce at the time I was on my, my ninth step and my sponsor and I did agree that it did have to wait that you know he was using my kids and things like that that it wasn't the appropriate time well then I met uh, somebody else and I was in a new relationship um, and my one of my sponsors said okay you got to make amends to him it's time and I just didn't know how to do it. I had a long list of the harm I caused, but it didn't feel um, it didn't feel honest because it was a 20-year marriage. I mean, going through like the list of the things I did, just it didn't feel right. Even though generally we don't avoid it, we don't you know we give the details. We don't make general amends. So I worked up this amends with the help of one of my sponsors, where she suggested I start with the positive and then actually do sort of group things together into more generalities. So I don't say, you know, I, you know, I was, don't go into details of what I did in this particular situation, but just, just say I deprived, you know, in fact, I have it right here. But, um, and so, um, 
you know, I didn't pay enough attention to your needs, not like I didn't give a shit what you wanted or anything like that. Or There were also times when I didn't take responsibility for myself, um, which is you may have run us into $100,000 of debt, but, you know, I could have balanced the, check, the checkbook too. Um, how many? Okay, so anyway, we made the amends. I, I, he, would, he hated me so much. The only place I could do it was at my daughter's softball games. And I, I took him aside, and I made, made the amends, telling him the positive things about our relationship. And um, he started crying, and I started crying, and he made amends to me. So I'm just – this, this step has, has completely changed my life. And um, so anyway, so that's, that's it. Thanks. Thank you, uh, everybody. Um, who has to ask a basket? We can – Go through that, please. The basket, please. Popcorn. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we're going to take questions from the basket. Um, for all three speakers, how do you make verbal amends to people you still feel owe you amends? Do you let them know about the hurt they caused you that you did not trigger? Okay, so this is similar to the one I was just talking about with my ex-husband. Um, and so the way... The eighth step in the OA 12 and 12 talks about forgiveness. That it says you shouldn't do the ninth step until you've forgiven. Well, my in my experience, if I wait till I totally forgiven somebody, there would be no amends. Um, but so, and it has suggestions of how to do it. That you know, you you write write down the hurt and you give it to your sponsor, which is what I think is called the fourth step. Um, and then um, praying for the person to get everything that you would want for yourself, uh, which I do do, and it does work. Um, and then, um, so for me, though, is, is I just, so I had I had to work with a sponsor, and, and even the night before I made the amends to my ex-husband, you know, I was answering these questions, and it says, you know, what's, key, what's your reluctance? And I still had this thing, he did this, he did this, he did this. And um, so I just had to pray to be relieved. And as a result of doing those amends, that's where I got the forgiveness. That's where the forgiveness came. And so um, I can tell my hurt to my sponsor. I can tell my hurt to all these people in the room. I might have mentioned the $100,000 worth of debt. Anyway, no, no, no. Uh, but um, I don't need to tell him him the hurt. This, this amends is my side of the street, and it's for me. It's not to unload on the other person. Which is, how do you do kind things for others without getting found out? And then they put in all caps underlined, without spending money. It's a lovely question. Um, for me, I've always not cared. Well, before before recovery, I didn't really care if I littered, if I did anything. I just didn't care. 
there is no way, if I'm in a store, which I do shop, so I'm in stores and different places, something's on the ground, I will pick it up always. I let people in when I drive. I never, ever, ever try to go faster. I just do everything I can to be the opposite of what I was brought up to be. That's, all I, that's what I do to be kind because I was not brought up to I was, I was taught that um, you better grab it before, because otherwise there's not going to be enough. So now I know in my, in my spiritual recovery that there's enough of everything. And I get to be kind. I, um, I give of myself whenever I can. I'm, I work at a food pantry. I do volunteer work with my husband at a food pantry every Friday. I am kind to the clients. They are my equal, even though they don't have a penny to their name. They might smell. They may have a lot of, they don't have the education I have. I am kind no matter where I go. I smile. I always want to know the names of workers when they're working in my home, which we're, we're doing remodeling right now. We have a ton of workers. And a lot of the stuff I learned from my husband who's a normal person. He, he knows all the names of the workers. I mean, he would never think not to. I'm kind to them. I, I know my gardener's kids' names because I've taken the time to learn how to do that, just to, just to smile at people. So as, I hope that answers the question because, anyway, that's what I do. So just, I just don't want I'm not I'm not out to make more enemies like I used to do. That's my biggest job is just, like, keep my side of the street clean. We have time for one quick question. For Bonnie, that worked out perfectly. What is the name of the pamphlet you mentioned? Is it an OA pamphlet? just for today and it is an OA pamphlet it's got the OA sign on the back and it's I know they had them years ago and I know Dear Abby used to publish it every New Year's and um, I can I, I got it online too you know I, I um, saw what it says online answer question I looked I didn't see it I just want to say that if you, whoever wants to get it, just call the LA OA, the San Fernando Valley OA office and she has it and she can mail it to you. Back a dollar. Okay, well, um, thank you all three speakers. You were absolutely amazing. Thank you. And uh, thank everyone for showing up. And uh, let's see. Um, well, actually, not only were you amazing, but thank you specifically for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Okay, so now it's time to close the session. Please join me in a moment of silence followed by uh, <clears throat> the third step prayer. And whoever has Gail's pictures, could you please bring them up front at the end so we can... Those are very valuable. Okay. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou will. Relieve me of the bondage of self 
that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. He's coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it.